hear it with your ears? Can you see it with your eyes? Can you feel it wiggling between your quivering thighs? That thing, that thing, that thing with chains. Once every millennium, something will come along when you feel it. You will know it because it's coming on strong. Welcome back to That Thing with James J. Asher II. I'm your host, James J. Asher II. That's me. And here is the first episode of the year 2021. I have returned from my not previously announced uh, two-week um, winter vacation for the last two weeks of uh, December. It was uh, mostly a mental health thing. Man, the holidays are fucking stressful, but thank God they're done. Uh, I think the most stressful part of it, at least for me, is, you know, it's not having a meet up <laughs> with, uh, you know, step or parents in law or that sort of thing. Uh, it's more so just the financial stress. I can tell you right off the bat, I made substantially less money in 2020 than I did over many of the previous years. And for that, uh, as a reward for that, when I was signing up to renew my health coverage through the ACA, um, by my birthday, December 15th, that was the deadline. Um, I actually, since I made substantially less money over the past year, I get to pay three times as much as I was previously. But at the same time, I also get less coverage. That deduction's higher and the co-pays are not as much. <laughs> so that's that's the great American dream. Getting punished for being fucking, you know, having a rough time. Okay, so um, I've been racking my brain trying to figure out what to do with this episode. And I guess I'm just going to do a synthesis of the two things I had in mind. I'm going to sort of review the past year and then share something that I started here on the show. 
I've completed it. Well, I've completed the first iteration of it, which will make more sense when we get to it. But first, let me get some business out of the way. If you would like to, if you are able to help support this show, you may do so by becoming a donor at patreon.com slash that thing with James. You can, you can do like $5 a month. You can do $5,000 a month if you're rolling high and probably want to jump my bones or something or have some kind of weird parasocial relationship. Or if you just find some kind of value in this show, which I'm, uh, that's a lot of the internal, uh, uh, struggle I'm having of like figuring out what direction to take this show or just keep doing what I've been doing. I want to have some kind of value for you, mainly um, entertainment, enlightenment, and education. So um, that's what I strive to do with this show, which is a lot more direction (laughs) than I had when I started this. When I started it, it was just a very kind of a loose idea of just like a hangout. Um, But that can only go so far when you're one person. Uh, talking to yourself uh, through your headphones. Um, Getting more guests, I want to be able to do that. Man, 2020 was a fucking pain in the ass. But, 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 I most certainly am counting my blessings. Is that a positive idiom or a negative idiom? I I am grateful that I still have some kind of steady financial income through steady day job. And I'm grateful that I have friends and family and a roof over my head and all that stuff. Um, so I'd say I'm doing a lot better than a lot of people did in 2020. Well, I mean, I know like five people, at least five people who straight up got COVID and got real sick from it. One person who's gotten it twice. Uh, It's actually a cousin of mine just recently tested positive for the second time in the past year, which is insane to me, but um, it makes sense. 2020 was interesting. Um some big changes happened right at the beginning of the year. And I thought the year was going to go in one direction. And then life just stepped in and said, Nope, fucking slap the foot down and said, Mm-mm, no, 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 no. I'm putting the kibosh on you and on everybody else. You're not going anywhere. Things are going to get fucking weird. So it's probably best if you just stick right where you are. And, you know, that may feel at times I've often felt like I've just kind of been treading water. And, um, and I've already felt like that for a long time. But then at the same time, it's like, is this the right way to go? Is it the wrong way to go? What the fuck am I, what am I doing with my life? You know, I thought I was going to be moving and uh, finding other sources of income and just, uh, you know, taking the life in a different direction. But then, uh, you know, 
a pandemic happened and a big economic collapse, which was already on its way to happening, uh, was exacerbated by the pandemic. And so 2020, well, I'm sure you've heard it enough. It's been rough for everybody. Well, for most people, maybe not for Bezos and his ilk. Those motherfuckers have made out like bandits, which they are. They're, they're thieves, um, billionaires. Well, let's see. Where am I going with this? Um, so basically, I, I, I just feel lucky that I've got food in my belly, a roof over my head, and some kind of um, support, like social, uh, social emotional support. So that is good. That is good. And I'm healthy. And I've never tested positive for COVID. I've never gotten it. And that's also good because I've been very adamant about I'm still in quarantine. Uh, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult when you have zero, zero support. As a matter of fact, it's not like you have zero support. You have positive adversity from your own government, state, and federal government. When they leave you out to dry and say, fuck you, eat cake but you don't get cake, you know, that makes it harder. And it makes it hard for people to want to stay home and do what is necessary to stop the spread of a very quickly and presently mutating virus. Oh, yeah, COVID has mutated and it is continuing to mutate. The new mutation spreads much faster and easier and, uh, and it's here. Like it, it, um, a friend of mine said like four months ago, I bet it's going to mutate and we're not going to be able to keep up with it. Lo and behold, it's mutating. And in, you know, popular media right now, they're covering a lot of like, what was it last week? I think it was last week, maybe the week before um, England had to straight up shut down. Well, uh, shut down. Every other country said England is a no-go zone. No one's go no one and no thing is going to England and no one and no thing is coming from England. At least here, we're not accepting anything from England. Um and uh well, it's spreading in the United States and I'm sure everywhere else and it's going to continue to mutate. And as difficult as 2020 was, and I've been saying I don't know if I've said it on this show probably Maybe, but if I haven't, I have had a feeling that, uh, and sort of like a loose intellectual uh, guess, a loose educated guess, that 2021 is going to be even harder because the economic straits are going to uh, continue to get worse. Places are shutting down. Everything is shutting down. No one's getting support. No one's getting relief checks. And there's a big election about to happen right now in Georgia, which will determine who will, uh, you know, which of the one party, quote unquote, two parties is going to hold majority over the Senate. And it doesn't really 
matter in my eyes, even if there is a democratic majority, they're not going to do what is necessary to fucking help everybody. There's this whole deal about the $2,000 checks and everything. If Democrats, if the Dems had supermajority, they would not even be talking about it. One of the reasons they were talking about a $2,000 check right now is because there's a very good chance that they won't get it. And I'm not going to get into all the details right now. I'm sure I've covered it or at least alluded to it over the um, years that I've done this show of why why policymakers would behave in such a way. But I'm just going to say, even if there's a Democratic supermajority, they're not going to start giving out money like they very well could. And if they do, it will be so watered down and hyper overcomplicated in such a way to just say, well, we did what we could, but we can't do any more because of deficit. It's, it's, it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. So, uh, and the disease is going to keep mutating. And uh, here I am treading water, trying to figure out what the fuck to do with the show. If you have ideas of like what you would like to see, if you would like to be like a sort of a, <laughs> a, a, a pro bono um, producer for the show, any of you, you can send me an email at thatthingwithjames at gmail.com because I'm always looking for um, stories to share, topics to cover, or advice to give on the show if you're in need of advice or anything like that hit me up that thing with james at gmail.com or you can slide into my dms or just check me out on social media um main i'm active on twitter and instagram my handle is at james j asher and i also have a subreddit that i created a few weeks ago well actually got active on ish a few weeks ago and that is r slash that thing with james if you're a redditor now um why don't i just go ahead and jump into this because the free rambling is kind of coming to a dead end here so uh what, two episodes ago or something, I started uh, writing a story because um, someone that I'm related to asked me to write something um, as their Christmas gift for their Christmas gift. And so I did. And I started that process here on the show. And I have completed um, this iteration of the story. And Let's just jump into it, all right? The story, it's called Chicken Dance, a short story in three acts by James J. Asher II. Act 1. Jack, who was always a bit of a mouth breather, woke up choking on a chicken egg. When his eyes snapped open, his jaw clamped shut, and the contents of the egg ran over his face and into his mouth. He flipped over on his side, spitting and coughing out embryonic slime, afraid that the shards of shell might lacerate his throat. 
Once the panic had passed, he took stock of himself. Yes, he was still clothed, black t-shirt, blue denim jacket, gray denim jeans, tan work boots, all covered in wood shavings. He stood and shook the shavings off of his clothes and out of his hair, but a moderate amount of it stuck to the half-dried chicken shit that his six little sweeties had adorned him with during his time unconscious. Speaking of his six little sweeties, Jack took a moment to make sure they were all still present. He counted. Doxy, Moxie, Mary, Kiko, Shaniqua, and... Ivana? Where was Ivana? He counted again. Doxy, Moxie, Mary, Kiko, Shaniqua. Where the hell was Ivana? Ivana had a special place in Jack's mind because he'd named her after his sweet little grandma, Anna Off. When she emigrated from Poland, her name was Ivana Jackoff. But as she told Jack time and time again in her every heavy accent, when I came to Ellis Island, I was taken to tour American agents with their big ledgers and uniforms. Fascists! They tell me the name Ivana Jackoff is too foreign and that I must change if I am to survive in this country. They wave flag and say this is their patriotic duty to change name, but it is the same fascism I leave Poland to avoid. My English... It was not so good then, so I all I knew was God bless America. I did not know full what they were doing. They forced me change. Take half my name, half my heritage, half your heritage, Jackie. You are not just off. In my eyes, and in the eyes of God, you are a true jack-off. But before Jack could start searching for his missing chicken, he needed to attend to a more immediate concern. Hydration. His head was pounding, his eyes were itchy, and beside the taste of raw egg, his mouth smacked of residue from the copious amounts of liquor he'd consumed the day prior in celebration of his 35th birthday. He crawled out of the chicken coop and walked four feet to his kitchen sink. He turned the right knob. The faucet rattled, sputtering a few shots of rusty water and nothing more. So he turned the left knob, but the faucet still ran dry. He then tried the faucet in his tiny bathroom and the shower head in his even tinier shower stall, but ran into the same problem each time. The water was out, and that was a problem. See, Jack had a mental condition that he'd been managing with pills he'd been prescribed since his early days in college. He had to take one pill every day at noon. If he missed even one day, he would become manic and experience hallucinations. That is, of course, until he had his next dose. Besides the manic psychosis, Jack Off had two other conditions that no physician nor psychiatrist had been able to fully diagnose. The first condition was gambling. Jack didn't play cards, throw dice, or put money on horses or anything like that. No. When Jack was manic, he made really stupid bets on stupid things for stupid prizes with anyone willing to bet him. 
That's how he managed to get a chicken coop and six chickens in his small apartment. Although the coop took up most of the space in his place, Clever Jack made a comfortable living selling local, organic, free-range, ethical, fair-trade eggs to hipsters in Bushwick. The ethical and fair trade, Jack often told his six little pretties, was the feed and love he gave them in exchange for their eggs. The second condition was a little odd. It dictated the way in which Jack ingested his medicine. The only way he could manage to get the little white pills down his gullet was with water. No doctor could figure this one out either. If you tried to dry swallow, the pill would just get stuck at the top of his throat, and then he'd spit it out. The same would happen with any non-water beverage. His throat simply would not accept the pills unless they were introduced with water. So, the fact that the water was out caused Jack some minor stress, but he was sure he'd managed to find some before his medicine time arrived. Let me take a drink of water. That's making me thirsty. The bodega on the ground floor of Jack's building was owned and operated by a short, mustachioed Iranian man. Above the entrance to the bodega hung a little bell on a string. Whenever you opened the door, it would strike the little bell, which made the bell ring. And when the hydraulic hinge closed the door behind you, the door would strike the little bell yet again, which made the bell ring yet again. And the reason, uh, and every time Jack heard that little bell ring, he felt a pang of shame. He thought of it as a shame bell. And the reason it caused him to feel shame was because he could never remember the bodega man's name, even though the bodega man was working every time Jack walked into the bodega, which was every day of every year. Good morning, sir. How are you? That's what the bodega man said to Jack every time he visited, no matter the time of day. Good morning, sir. The bodega man was in his usual place, watching the TV on the counter behind the wall of bulletproof glass. Jack approached the glass and said, Hey, um, the little bell rang. Hey, I can't find my phone. Do you know what time it is? Yes, sir, said the bodega man. It is currently 11.45 a.m. Jack thanked the bodega man and went to the back of the store to grab a big bottle of electrolyte water from the refrigerated beverage display. He squinted along the way, shielding his eyes from the harsh fluorescent lights. When he arrived at the display, he stared for a full minute at the empty space where the water bottles usually lived, but they weren't there. He paced back and forth along the beverage display to make sure he wasn't missing anything. There was beer and malt liquor at one end, then coffee drinks, energy drinks, empty space, sports drinks, which also had the electrolytes he had desired, and sodas at the other end. Weird. He grabbed a sports drink and headed back toward the counter. Along the way, the bodega cat hopped from its place, nestled among the loaves of sliced bread, to weave between Jack's feet during his short trek. Jack handed the bodega man money for the drink and asked, What's up with the water? 
We sold out earlier, sir. Next delivery comes tomorrow. But what's up with the building? I think the water's all shut off. Oh, yes, sir. The entire building has no water. Why? The bodega man turned the TV so Jack could see the screen. It's on the news, sir. There has been a contamination. Jack sat on the black and white tiled floor of his bathroom, hugging his knees in a full panic. Six times he tried to swallow his pill with the sports drink, but every attempt resulted in failure. What if he tried chewing the pill before swallowing it? What if he crushed it up and snorted it? What if he stuck it up his ass? What if he crushed it up and snorted it up his ass? No, no, no. The label on the bottle clearly stated, take one pill by mouth daily. Besides, the other three methods never turned out too good. A yellow banner crossed the walls of the bathroom. Upon it, printed in big bold font, were the same words he'd seen on the Chiron in the news report. Chicken foot toxosis. According to the report, the water treatment plant that supplied potable water to the entire borough became severely contaminated by a certain type of toxin that came only from the dir- from dirty chicken's talons sometime during the previous evening. Twelve people had already been hospitalized due to drinking the tainted talon water, and Jack felt responsible for each of them. Shame times twelve. What with Jack's missing Ivana and his missing memory, he was certain that he had something to do with the contamination. Wait, missing memory? For the first time that morning, or was it noon now, Jack remembered that there were some events he'd forgotten, namely the events of the previous day, his birthday. Evidently, Jack had neglected to take his medicine yesterday. The evidence lay before him on the bathroom floor. There was one too many pill. Er, there was one pill too many, and that could only mean he'd missed one dose. And since yesterday was the only day he couldn't even vaguely recall from the current month, that could only mean he'd missed yesterday's dose. And if he couldn't get some water in his mouth soon, he was going to miss today's dose soon. Jack strained his brow, hoping that it would help him recall the previous day's events. He remembered waking up in his bed, which was located just outside of the chicken coop. His friend Nathan stopped by early with a bottle of vodka in hand. Nathan wanted to make omelets for breakfast, but Jack refused because he thought it a thing uncouth to do in front of the chickens. So, he and Nathan had vodka for breakfast. And then... And then... Ugh, Jack couldn't remember. But, if he was with Nathan, and he knew for sure, for sure that he was, maybe Nathan could fill in the gaps. Let me take a quick water break, I'll be right back. And we're back. Okay, so let me uh, do the last line here. And then, and then, uh, Jack couldn't remember. But if he was with his friend Nathan, and he knew for certain that he was, maybe Nathan could fill in the gaps. Nathan worked at a hot dog stand a few blocks away. It wasn't a Nathan's hot dog hot dog stand. People always jumped to that conclusion when they learned that Nathan worked at a hot dog stand. No, 
Nathan worked at a Wiener's Dogs hot dog stand, which was part of the Wiener's Dogs independent hot dog chain owned by a 90-year-old Scotsman named Thaddeus Bitto Wiener, but he preferred to be called Tad. Tad Bitto Wiener. That was it. Jack just needed to talk to Nathan. Oh, but he couldn't let himself be seen on the streets just yet. He looked like someone who'd slept in a chicken coop, and he still had egg on his face, egg that had dried into an uncomfortable film. And why the hell didn't the bodega man say anything about Jack's appearance? Jack inspected his face in the bathroom mirror. The egg had really clung to his stubble. Cleaning up was going to take some work. Let's see. Warm water might not be the best thing to use. It'd probably par-cook the egg. He was going to need cold water, so he turned the right knob on the tap, but nothing came out of the faucet. Oh yeah, the water was out. But wait, if Nathan worked at a hot dog stand, then that meant he worked with water. Hot dog water. And because Nathan was a good friend, maybe he'd let Jack use the hot dog water to wash the egg off of his face. Oh, and he could use the water to take his pill too. But would he be able to stomach fresh hot dog water? There was only one way to find out. He had to get to Nathan soon. Jack was about to open his apartment door when a knock rapped against the other side. Jack looked through the peephole and saw Nathan pacing back and forth in the hall. He opened the door and Nathan rushed in, pushing Jack back and slamming the door shut behind him. Oh my god, Jack! You're covered in shit and feathers. Yeah, uh, Jack, shut up. Listen. Nathan leaned against the door, putting his eye up to the peephole, panting. He did a slow turn back to Jack and said, Friend, the Russian mafia is looking for you. The bald man wiped catch the ketchup from his chin and tossed the remaining third of the wiener's dog's hot dog into the bin tucked beneath his fake mahogany desk. He lit a cigarette, breathing in deep the thing he'd just seen. It's a fuck. What is this? I, I, I see. I forgot what I wrote because uh, the Russian characters. They speak some English, but when they're talking to each other, they speak in Russian. And so in the copy, in the, in the printed uh, form of this story, I've written what they've said in Cyrillic, aka I wrote it out in English and then copy-pasted to Google Translate to get it in Cyrillic, and then copy-pasted the Cyrillic in lieu of the English words that I'd written. And now I cannot remember what I wrote. So let me see if I can do this. Translate uh, English. Let's see. Let's switch. No, 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 no. I don't want to switch, actually. Translate. Um, now, do they have it in Cyrillic or Russian? How do they say it? Probably say Russian. Yes, Russian. Okay, here we go. I wonder if this is going to work. <laughs> Copy. Paste. Ah, yes. Okay, here we go. <laughs> this will be fun. Um, 
Yevgeny. Sgreyishgeraz. Yevgeny. Play it again. Oh, what is that? Yevgeny. Sgreyishgeraz. Yevgeny, play it again. Yevgeny was sitting across from the bald man. His right hand rested on the small TV atop the desk, his left on the controls. He ran the video back. Stop. Now that I know. Stop. The bald man leaned forward, steel fold-out chair creaking under his bony ass. Okay, let me do another quick copy-paste. Ya visko jego listo. Janza znaio etogo chelovka. I see his face. I know that man. He's friends with that moron who sells hot dogs. Yevgeny. We're going back to Wiener's dogs. To be continued. So that's that's the story, folks. Get together. Okay, three, four, two, let's go. Cowboy, 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 bebop. Cowboy, bebop, cowboy, cowboy, bebop, cowboy, bebop, cowboy, bebop, cowboy, bebop, 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 um, that's, that's it. That's the episode. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.